0: Good morning. We are uh, embarking on a new series this morning called uh, Seek. And uh, so we're just, this uh, should be a season where all of us are stirred up to seek God a little bit more. And uh, before we get into uh, week one of this, then we've got some uh, some things to take care of. This is the last day for you to participate in sponsoring one of the kids through House of Faith. We are... Uh, um, Right off the top of all of the the giving that comes in, we give uh, 10% to missions. And one of the organizations we support, we we support foreign missions, but we also believe in local outreach that we don't... Ignore the people under our nose to hit the people all around the world we want to cover all the bases and we have a strong conviction about that and Locally we support house of faith. We just so believe in what they're doing in making disciples of children We believe in supporting ministries that don't just go in and make a touch and go out That's why the other organizations we do are our church planting organizations because we believe in long-term and making disciples and uh they are having a sponsorship program for some of the kids that they minister to. And for $20, you can provide the different things that are, that are going for the age-appropriate gifts. And we still have a few tags out there left. And if you could just get one of those tags and, um, and immediately give us the $20, because we've got to take care of that and turn that in in the morning, then we would sure appreciate that. It's an awesome way to just celebrate this season this morning and so that's be on the info table right as you go out also you may have seen some of the ladies look like they rolled right out of bed and I uh, came to church this morning uh, my wife is one of them and no my wife was not lazy and uh, she actually changed PJs that's the second set of PJs she's had on today that didn't make a lot of sense to me if I was going to wear my PJs boy I'd have been dressed for church last night and uh, roll into bed get a few extra winks of sleep and then and then pop up, but no, she had to change pajamas. She had her pajamas. She slept in in her church pajamas, and uh, so the uh, ladies are getting together this Friday night. And uh, my my wife, uh, she loves to have a good time, and uh, so they're doing a, having a ladies' Christmas get together, and they're doing it pajama party style. And uh, so there's plenty of information on the back of the bulletin that's going to be happening at our house uh, this Friday. And you can get all of the address and all of that kind of fun stuff on the back of your bulletin. But please come. You'll have a good time. And uh, they're going to be talking about um, uh, moving forward in our relationship with God. But they're going to be having just a ton, a ton of fun. And I'm getting out of there. I'm running away. Although I will admit, the last time the ladies got together to play bunco, I did get roped into playing bunco. And that was, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. So it was it was cool. So that's happening. Um you'll need to bring a five dollar ornament to do the gift exchange there on with the ladies' Christmas deal. Also we are having a special Christmas service. Obviously, um here at the, the movies we, we can't be here in the evening. Uh, they get irritated when we show up and interrupt what's ever on the screen. And so we have to meet elsewhere. And Christian Church of San Angelo has been so incredibly generous with their facilities. Um, we got to meet and, um, and have a, a wonderful uh, service this last week. Uh, last Sunday night we're having another one on December the 20th. And the kids will be there and singing some songs. We don't get an opportunity to bring them in. They're part of our core focus and mission as a church is ministering to our children. And we're going to get to showcase them a little bit on December the 20th. So please put that on your calendars. It's going to be an awesome special service. And then also be sure and read your bulletin. Um, There is a lot of good information. If you'll find, look for your bulletin. When I say bulletin, this is what I'm referring to, this little pamphlet, brochure-looking thing. Um, If you're new with us, then if you'll find there's a little flap on the end, it's perforated, and you can pull it off. And if you would fill that out, then on your way out, you can exchange this for this popcorn box. And in that will be some microwavable popcorn and some information about us and a $5 Sonic card. So you can go and have you some sort of special peppermint drink or whatever you want your your wednesday lunch whatever it is on us at sonic and so uh, that's just an appreciation for you filling this out and letting us know your information we keep that private it's just for our record and us to be able to communicate with you um but we would really appreciate that uh, if you're here for the first time if you would do that also um on the back you'll find a place for prayer requests and um there's a uh, If if there's something on your heart or you know something that's going on in a friend's life or whatnot, just something that's a prayer need of yours, then if it's important to you to pray about it, it's important to us to agree with you in prayer. And if you would just fill that out, then you can slip this in where you slip the offering in. And those little chest-looking things on the way out, the offering boxes, uh, that's the way we do our offering here. We don't pass the plate. You you just slip it in on your way out. There will be two of those. And um, if you want your prayer request... Uh, to be private, it, it defaults to that. If you want it shared with our prayer team to ha- have more people praying, then there's a little box under there for you to check. If you check that, then we will share it with our prayer team. If you don't, then it stays with just with just me. And uh, anyways, and so that is our information. Please read the back of your bulletin, and it will fill you in on everything else. Well, <clears throat> we're in uh, part one. Of seek. And uh, this is a seek to worship. Because as we get into this season, it, the holiday season can be one of the busiest times of the year. I mean, there is just so much going on and there are so many festivities. And it is exciting and it is, it is wonderful. I know a lot of my favorite memories as a kid are centered around uh, Christmas whether it was the Christmas traditions with my parents and going and uh, looking at Christmas lights and all that kind of stuff, or silly little Christmas traditions I had with my sisters for some reason of getting up under the Christmas tree and howling up through the christmas tree why that why we did that i don 't know, but that was fun and so but just fun memories, just doing things fun is just it 's such a it's such a blast, but in all of this, so many times the the, the real reason for the season, and that's why it's out all over the place, that Jesus is the reason for the season. That the purpose of the season, the, the reason it's, it's just hardwired into our DNA as Christians, the way it is, it's just, we know it's so important this time of the year, is because this is a, a time that is in a season that is about worship. Now we just throw the word around without thinking about it too much, the word Holiday but we get that phrase from holy day these are holy days these are times that are that we revere and they are set aside to worship and through the generations people who didn't care about worship and took the opportunity to be off to do all sorts of fun stuff and i'm not against snow skiing or going and having a vacation or you know jetting off to europe and doing that kind of stuff if your wallet allows you to but the main focus is about worship. It is centered on Christ. And we have to make sure that we keep that the front and center. Or we can just, we can just get off of the purpose so incredibly easily. Now I am, a, uh, I am a story junkie. I love stories. I love hearing stories of people's lives. And, uh, and just what's going on in people I, and growing up. I would love to go to my grandmother's house, and I would always tell her, ask her, tell, tell me stories. Tell me this, tell me that. And there would be this repertoire of like six stories, and she would tell them to me every single time because I would ask for those stories. They were just big-time stories. Well, my dad had some stories too, and one of my favorite ones was about his older brother, my Uncle George. And my dad was uh, the... Second of four kids, and he had a brother directly in front of him and directly behind him. And uh, Clark and men like to to have fun and be a little rambunctious, and so there was lots of fun them getting in trouble stories. And uh, anyways, but they uh, through the they they lived in town in Andrews. In fact, my grandmother still lives in the same house. Though, so they didn't live out of town, but they still would a lot of times keep different kinds of livestock in the backyard. They had pens, and they would raise different things at different points through, through the, their history. And at one particular point, they were raising chickens. And they had this big pen, and they had a bunch of chickens. And it came time, and my, my dad and his older brother were in junior high, and they had a friend over, and they had always had friends and people over at the house. And my grandmother sent my uncle in his teen years, to go out and to get some chickens for dinner. to Just go out in the backyard and wring some chickens' necks and get a couple of chickens for dinner. I think it was supposed to be like four chickens. And I'd be able to fry up a bunch of chicken. Well, his friend had not seen the wringing of the neck process before. (laughs) Had not experienced that. And, uh, you know, the, know, the, the whole term of like a chicken with your head cut off, um, that's because you cut a chicken's head off. It really will run around and whatnot, and it's just freaky. The little, the little you know, not the headless horseman, but the little headless chicken. And it's just going around. And uh, anyways, and so it's, you know, it's it's a real legitimate term. So they go out to get the chickens, and my uncle, you know, reaches over and grabs one and does a, pow, you know, knows how to do it and just does the little arm whip. Never got the privilege of getting to kill a chicken. And, uh, but anyways, they uh, showed me how you do the little thing. And, of course, then they throw the chicken down. And it just has its head all flopped over. And it's just running around. And so my uncle's friend was like, that is like, that's so cool. I want to do it. So he goes in there and grabs the chicken and pow, pops and throws it on the ground. Well, of course, it only lasts so long. And then they, you know, the ne- next one did a chicken. And then, you know, they got the, the fourth chicken. And they kind of lost focus of the purpose Of why my grandmother sent them out there, and at some point it shifted into being entertainment. And there was 40 plus chickens in that pen, and those two guys—my dad swears he's innocent to this um, day—they rang the necks of every chicken. In that pen, there was when it was all said and done. They were in some sort of feeding frenzy. I think their eyes rolled back in their heads, and testosterone was rolling, and they they were like had you know temporary insanity is what they pled to my grandmother. And uh, but they killed all those chickens, and my grandmother still when she'll tell that story to this day, you can just hear the disdain in her voice because she was so mad that they then had to clean forty plus chickens because they were not gonna let those chickens. Go to go to waste. And so they had lost focus of what the, the reason was, that it had become something that it was never intended to be. Yes, there was the, the cool little excitement part of it, but it was about putting dinner on the table. It was about something else entirely. And killing all the chickens subverted the whole reason for having the chickens anyways. They're supposed to reproduce and have chickens from then on. And they have to start all the way over. We have to make sure that why the whole reason of Christmas that we are stay rooted into what it is all about. Man, there are so many things that are good and necessary. It is a wonderful thing to to have the productions and to to go and look at the lights and to to have the gift giving and all of that stuff. But ha- we can't lose the real reason. In the middle of all the fun, if we go through all the fun and we look up and we've missed it, then then this thing that's supposed to be this lasting piece of our life that that propagates our worship, it gets missed. It's in the floor somewhere of all the fun and festivities, and we've missed what it's really supposed to be about. Let's look at Matthew chapter two, verse one. Matthew two one and two. Says, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is he who was born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. Man, our purpose during this time period, as we seek out God, should be to seek to worship. These guys had traveled, had taken this incredible amount of time and resources to seek to worship the king. That was completely what it was about and finally when they get their opportunity in Matthew two eleven, it says on coming to the house they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and they worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, of incense, and of myrrh that they worshiped and presented gifts see even I you know so many people get upset with the commercialization of Christmas and of course but even the fact that it can be commercialized is a beautiful testament back to this original passage because as they came to worship there the first birth the first coming of Jesus there will be another coming of Jesus but here the first coming when he came as an infant when they came to that, them bringing gifts was part of it. See, you and I in our part of our worship should be and while we are presenting these gifts. We're not so much doing it simply out of wanting to bless the other person. But we are honoring and should be honoring the fact that that person is made in the image of God. That I am honoring you. That's why I, I, the whole part, I don't get real upset on the whole Santa Claus thing. We don't do Santa Claus at our house, and I don't get upset with that. But the part that irritates me is the whole naughty and nice thing. That thing all irritates Maybe because I was a, lot, a little bit naughty when I was a kid. And so, but uh, I really wasn't too bad. Um, but I don't like, because that's not what this whole gift thing is about. It's not about being good enough to get the gift. It's about this place of worship. That it doesn't matter if they're good enough or not. I'm worshiping the fact that you are created in the image of God. And I am blessing God by blessing your life. That should be the core of our gift giving. Not some out of grudgingly or obligation. Oh, it's Christmas. It's going to crush my wallet. Why is this Christmas thing after him? I got to buy gifts for all these people. Well, you know what? If you've got to be, that's, that's the whole wrong attitude. It has to stay focused on worship, even our giving, or the blessing of it gets whoop, it's extracted. We totally miss it. It has to stay focused on worship. Now one of the things we have to be aware of that as worshipers is that things will try to contend for our worship. Things will try to come in and, and and weasel in and try to divert our path. Try to circumvent those things. And we must choose what we will worship because we will worship something. As we scroll through the story and what happens between verses 2 and verse 11 is the fact that they show up and talk to King Herod. They show up in Jerusalem, the, the capital city. If there was a king of the Jews then that's where he ought to be born, in the capital. That just makes sense. And they roll into the capital, whereas he was born king of the Jews. And the king at the time, King Herod, of course, that flustered him a little bit. There's a, another king? And so he gets uh, he gets a little upset then begins to try to use the, the magi not as worshipers, but he tries to begin to then put his own twist on them and use them as spies. And the Holy Spirit speaks to them and warns them. And they don't go back the same way. And it it doesn't get used that way. But he tries to use them as spies to find out who this king of the Jews is. See, Jesus dealt with this himself. We see there in Matthew 4, 9 through 10. says where he gets tempted by Satan. And Satan wants him so much to worship him. He wants to break that connection with God. And Matthew 4, 9 through 10 says all this... This is Satan talking. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is risen, it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Worship him only. It has to stay about worshiping God. And if we don't, things will begin to come and try to redirect our worship, whether it's the, the subtlety of a devious King Herod or it's the ride-out attack of a Satan saying, boom, do it, worship me. Just openly go at it. But there's, there's always this th- place of, of this contention for our worship because we will worship something. We can't opt to just, I'm just not going to worship anything. We were wired for worship, and to think that well, I I can, I, I'm not I'm just not going to worship anything. You know, there's a there's another end to that to that pipe. Now, my grandfather, I've told y'all papa stories before, and I I so love my papa, but he is he can just get into some predicaments. And uh, anyways, there was one time when he was out working with the county in Andrews, and had had a had had a whole load of pipe in the back of this truck. And he had to go out and unload this pipe out at the dump Well, he went out there by himself and he was grabbing the the pipes and grabs one of them and get, begins to try to pull it out and uh, all the other pipes had kind of come loose, and this one was still in the stack and he begins to try to pull it out well, it won't come well paul decides he's going you're just gonna pull hard well he sits there and he goes and he's just gonna yanked that sucker loose. Well he did not realize that that particular pole was twice as long as the other poles and and it, had, it was bent back around. And one of these other poles that was in the stack was actually the rest of the pole he was hanging on to. And grabs that pole and sure enough it comes loose and the other end of that pole, <laughs> pa, Busts him right in the forehead and just boom, just smacks him Right in the forehead. So many times we can think that we, we can do one thing without a repercussion and we don't realize there's another end to that thing. There is a, there's another end to that. We, we can't just not worship or choose to just worship something else a little bit. We are, we are wired to worship and we have to choose that God is all, the only thing we're going to worship. We have to make sure that we don't let anything else slip in there. You know, it's often been said that we as Americans, that we worship our work. And that we work at our play. And that we then play at our worship. We have to make sure that we keep all of those things in the right order. Because we will worship something. There is something that we will put on the pedestal that we will live for. And we will make our decisions based on. And and we will sacrifice for. Whether it's for ourselves. Whether it's for a hobby, whether it's for another person, and I tell you what, you can easily get another person into that role. Now we're supposed to honor and love each other as spouses, and, and we're supposed to but if that role falls into that that ultimate loving your neighbor as yourself role. We have to make sure that we keep the first one, the first commandment in place. That we love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And our neighbor is ourself, and our spouse is our most immediate neighbor. We are supposed to love and be devoted to them, but not more than we are to God. We have to make sure that God stays in that ultimate, top, number one role. Matthew 15, we have to make sure our worship is correct, is, it's right. Matthew 15, 7-9 says, You hypocrites, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are but rules taught by men. That's what Jesus is saying about this. That these people had slipped into this and that it wasn't about real worship. It wasn't about this heart expression. It became these rules taught by men. That is one of the wonderful things about Jesus is that he came to give us freedom and freedom to worship him without this external grid and framework of religion pressing us in. But we have the spirit and life of God on the inside of us expressed from the inside out. It is completely and totally different than these vain rules shoved from the outside. It's something that he wanted to write his laws on our heart. And then it comes from the inside out. Romans one twenty-five says, They exchanged the truth of God for a lie. And worshipped and served. Created things. Rather than the creator. Who is forever praised. It wasn't that they just worshipped nothing. No they exchanged the truth of God for a lie. And worshipped. Something else. Created things. Something they created in their own mind. some, some Something they set up and created. Whether it was a, a physical idol. Whether it was whether it was some other thought process, whether whatever it was, they created and worshipped and made that God in their lives. We have to make sure. And this holiday season is a wonderful time to just recalibrate and go, man, this is about seeking after God. This is about seeking King Jesus in my life. See, worship should be a response to God drawing us near true worship is not a forced requirement but it is an expression of the heart I love how innocently the magi these wise men show up they're so innocent about it. it's like they didn't realize nobody else had caught on to what they caught on to they didn't realize that that they had noticed something in the heavens that other people didn't notice They stroll in. They've come from afar. They don't know this whole Israel thing. They don't know all the culture. They just have noticed. They have seen his star in the heavens. That the king of the Jews has come. And they want to come and worship him. And so, boom, they ride their camels. And they go in to where would he be? He's the king of the Jews. He'll be in the capital city. And they just innocently go in and begin to say, hey, where is he? Where is he who's born king of the Jews? Assuming everybody knows. It's the King of the Jews. His starts here. It was just so so wonderfully innocent. There was nothing subversive or anything about it. They just there was just this purity of heart that we see. They know there's another king. They know there's King Herod there. But it is so obvious that this is the this is the King of the Jews that they're not sneaking around, and they talk to King Herod himself. And when King Herod says, I'll oh, find out where he's at for me. Bring back word. Now, I want to go worship him too. Yeah, I want to go do some bowing myself. No, uh, that they just immediately assumed that that was totally the truth. There was just this purity of heart that was there and it was in their worship was an expression of the heart. Matthew 2.2 two. <clears throat> and they and asked where is the one who was born king of the jews we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him it is just so wonderfully pure ephesians 2:13 says now in christ jesus you who were once far away have been brought near through the blood of christ there's just this should be just this place of understanding that we have been brought near. God is drawing us near. And worship is a natural expression of that. It should just should come flowing up out of our hearts. Hebrews 10.22, this is in the New International Reader's Version, it says, So let us come near to God with an honest and true heart, let us come near with a faith that is sure and strong. Our hearts have been sprinkled. Our minds have been cleansed from a sense of guilt. Our bodies have been washed with pure water. There is, again, this beautiful picture of the fact that Christ has redeemed us. And we just come in this worship should just be this expression, of this wonderful, pure, heart expression. That's one of the things that I love with the holiday season is that a lot of times Easter, as powerful it is, can be intimidating. Because it is a, the Easter scene is a gruesome scene. The crucifixion scene is a gruesome scene. And man, love was, could not have been painted any more passionately and purely than what Jesus endured on our behalf. It's the greatest hero story ever told. The greatest hero story of all time and ends with the greatest comeback ever. Coming back to life. But even at that, a lot of times that expression can be intimidating and, and heavy. But how beautiful and pure is the fact that God came down for you and I and started that process with Jesus as a baby. They're lying in a manger. Not a lot of pomp and Circumstance few shepherds some wise men that had their act together and noticed what was going on in the heavens that is just such a wonderful pure thing i see when it comes to worship how we worship matters and it must be in spirit and in truth see the spirit and the truth work together the one leading the other, and then back again. The Spirit brings us into truth, and the truth draws us in to the Spirit. In our worship, it, it should work like that. It is constantly moving us. It's it's one of those things. It should should be from the heart and not this specified formula. That's why the Spirit is there. It's it's not just worshiping in truth. That there is this little grid of outlines, and you boom, 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 boom. boom. You've checked these little marks. This little pieces of points of truth, and you have completed good worship. No, you have to have incorporated the Spirit. Yes, there is truth to it. Yes, it's not just all willy-nilly crazy. Yes, there are principles in the Bible for worship that we see completely laid out. But we have to make sure that this Spirit is involved. I love the... uh, I ran across this... This uh, little analogy on the internet, and it just totally cracked me up because a lot of times people really argue over worship styles. I mean, they just really argue over it, and it just kind of cracks me up when really a lot of times it's uh, what really matters is something a little bit different. Story is, is goes: There's this old farmer who ended up having to go into town for business and do. Some some business in town overnight. So he goes into the big city. And he wants to go to church. He is not going to miss church. So he goes in church. And goes in this big city church. And goes and comes back. And his wife asks him. Well tell me how that, how that big city church was. He says well it was pretty much the same. But instead of singing hymns. They, they sang these praise choruses things. And uh, she's like. Praise chorus? She's never heard of a praise chorus. they would only done hymns all their lives. They didn't know anything other than hymns. She Says, well, what is a praise chorus? And he said, well, let me see if I can explain it. And I'm just going to have to read this. He says, "Um, well, let me find my place. There we are. He says, well, it's like this. If I were to say to you, Martha, the cows are in the corn, well, that would be a hymn. If on the other hand I were to say to you, Martha, Martha, oh, Martha, 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 the cows, the big cows, the brown cows, the black cows, the white cows, the black and the white cows, the cows, the cows, the cows, the cows are in the corn, are in the corn, are in the corner, in the corner, in the corn, in the corn, the corn, corn, corn. Oh, the corn! Yes, the whole herd is in the corn, in the awesome corn. It's true, the whole. Uh, in the awesome corn well it's true the whole herd in the awesome corn hallelujah wow! well that would be a praise course <laughs> but then on the other end while he was there there happened to be a young man from that church that ended up in his little farming community and going to his church he was not going to miss church so the young man ends up going and he attends church and he comes back and his wife says, well, How was the church? How was that? He says, Well, it was pretty much the same, but they sang hymns instead of our regular songs. And uh, she's like, Well, what's a hymn? She'd not been around traditional church. And she's like, Well, what's a hymn? He said, Well, let me explain it to you like this. And he said, If I was to say, <clears throat> Let me find my place. <laughs> if I was to say, Martha, they're both married to Marthas, by the way. If I was to say, Martha, the cows are in the corn, well, that would be a regular song. If on the other hand, I were to say to you, O oh Martha, dear Martha, hear thou my cry. Inclinest thine ear to my words of my mouth. Turn thy whole wondrous ear by and by to the righteous, inabable, glorious truth. For the way of the animals who can explain? There in their heads is no shadow of sense. Hearkenest thy and God's Son or in His reign unless some mild tempting corn they be fenced. Yea, those cows in glad bovine rebellious delight have broken free their shackles. Their warm pens eschewed, they goaded by minions of darkness. Night they all in my mild sweet corn have chewed. So look at that bright shining day by and by where no foul corruptions of earth are reborn. There are no vicious animals makes my soul cry and I no longer see those foul cows in the corn. Amen. If then, if they were to do only verses 1, 2, and 4 and do a key change in the last verse, well, that would be a hymn. But see, the funny thing is, is that a lot of times we don't understand other people's styles of worship. We don't understand what's going on. But in the hearts of both is an expression of love and adoration to God. See, as, we, as one of the things I noticed on my trip is, man, God is so wonderfully multifaceted that there are so many wonderful ways and flavors to express our heart of worship to God. It's not the way the guitar screams or doesn't scream, although I have a preference. It's not in the way the the organ or the piano or the way the words are worded. What matters, what matters is an expression of the heart. This holiday season, we have to make sure that we stay rooted and focused, that, that it is focused on our heart after God. John four twenty three through 24 says, Yet a time is coming and has now come when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit and he worship, and his worshipers must worship him in spirit and in truth. We must worship him according to the truth of his word and allow our hearts, the spirit of Christ that is in us to then come back out of us and express true worship to God. Hebrews 12, 28 says, Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. I like the way the message translation reads that passage. It says, Do you see what we've got? An unshakable kingdom. And do you see how thankful we must be? Not only thankful, but brimming with worship. I love that word picture brimming with worship just full to the top deeply reverent before god for god is not an indifferent bystander well it's this holiday season man i pray you're blessed and able to have a wonderful christmas i'm able i hope your trees are full of gifts and and your family times are wonderful but most of all i pray that during this holiday season that you are drawn closer to god than you have ever been in your life that your worship goes to a deeper place that you are drawn in and you genuinely seek god and i tell you what this is a wonderful time of the year when so many people's hearts and minds are turned towards god a lot of times one of the best acts of worship you can do is to is to just refer somebody i know that the greatest thing greatest compliment anybody can give me is to in- refer somebody to our church I mean, that's just, you just can't get any better than that. Well, you know what? During this holiday season, people's hearts are open. Listen to your friends and your neighbors. You see an opportunity, don't you refer them to Jesus? Don't you point them, give God the ultimate compliment, the ultimate praise. Point them to Jesus this holiday season. Well, this morning I would be, well, this morning I would be, well, this morning I would be, well, this morning I would be. Well, well, this morning I would be, well, this morning I would be, well, this morning I would be.